0: Spain and Fitz. The podcast.
1: Hey, everybody. It's Sarah. No Spain and Fitz tonight. We continue to be bumped by the sports apocalypse of playoff baseball and basketball and everything else, but trying to give you some fun podcasts to listen to while you uh, deeply, deeply miss us. And this is a fun one. I've been doing a Game changer series from Spain and Fitz to Spain and Company, back to Spain and Fitz. I um, haven't done one in a little while, but uh, this is a great one. Mariah Stackhouse, who's the only full-time black player on the LPGA, uh, talking about her experiences and sort of breaking down barriers for women of color in the sport. So hope you enjoy it.
0: In the world of men's professional sports, many women are breaking through and making their marble.
1: They're not going to be looking at him sideways. The reason
0: sideways. why I, I take so much objection. He is that. literally running
1: with the entire team. The NBA on. is actually facing backlash on both sides.
0: Their stories are told here on Spain and Fitz. Time for this edition of Game Changers. Game
1: Changers. Happy to have joining us now on Spain and Fitz LPGA golfer Mariah Stackhouse, She's part of a panel this week for KPMG's Women's Leadership Summit, uh, which is going to be virtual this year due to the pandemic. I've been to those in person. They're always great. Uh, Also in the field for this week's KPMG Women's PGA Championship that starts uh, Thursday at Aroniman Golf Club in Pennsylvania. Uh, Mariah, thanks so much for joining. Uh, You know, Game Changers is usually about uh, women breaking barriers in male-dominated fields, but this is more about the still relatively rare thing of a black woman being a professional LPGA golfer. So can you talk a little bit about what it's like to be the only full-time LPGA black woman? <laughs>
0: um, you know, it, it's interesting because I think a lot of the times when I'm going through the motions week in and week out, um, it's it's not something that, you know, I really realize or are focusing on. But oftentimes when uh, pre-COVID, when we would have fans come out to the course, uh, especially if there would be, um, you know, a black family come out with, with kids, that would be when I realized, wow, you know, there's, if they're interested in watching uh, another black player play, you know, there's me and, and, and only a couple others typically out here uh, for them to go see and, and and feel represented by, and so those are the moments when I realize um, that there's there's not many of us or, or sometimes just me out on the golf course, and Um, And then, you know, I I think about it in terms of, uh, you know, appreciating uh, everything that that my parents did for me to get me here and and hopefully having the opportunity to inspire uh, many more uh, young, young black players to get into the game and and take it seriously.
1: Yeah, we talk a lot at ESPNW here at ESPN about if you can see it, you can be it. And I wonder, (laughs) without seeing very much of it probably growing up, were there moments where you felt like, I should pursue something else or this isn't somewhere I belong simply because it's hard to picture yourself if you don't see someone like you anywhere.
0: Right. Um, I think that I was lucky in growing up with that, uh, in that era where Tiger was beginning his dominance and, uh, for seeing the best player in the game, um, be, be a black athlete. I think that that was an automatic, uh, that was automatic representation, uh, Of myself on the golf course and and doing it so well and and, and succeeding like he did. And so I think that I was pretty fortunate for uh, my introduction and and beginning to take competitive golf seriously, uh, aligned with with Tigers' presence in the game.
1: You mentioned your parents. Can you tell me about the affirmations that your dad started having you say when you were young?
0: (laughs) Yes, when when I was very little, uh, my dad wrote an affirmation for me to say. And uh, it it starts with a Bible passage, and then just has a couple paragraphs um, that are literally dedicated to me affirming myself, believing in myself, um, the guiding principles of who I'm going to be in the world, how I will react with to how I will treat others, and then the last paragraph dedicated to golf, and and just telling myself that I you know have the ability to be uh, a great golfer and. And so those things and and being able to repeat them to myself in the mirror every day, I think equipped me uh, with the confidence to navigate life um, and competitive sports. And, you know, I mean, it doesn't matter if it's sports, if it's business, if it's life, we all go through obstacles uh, every now and then that make us question uh, our path and and our ability. And so I think to have that to fall back on, to constantly tell myself, hey, I'm here, I, I am worthy, and I have the abilities, and I believe in myself, uh, definitely guided me uh, through life and through sport.
1: I don't know if you watch Insecure, but I'm feeling an Issa Ray Mariah Stackhouse crossover event. A lot of talking to himself, <laughs> yourself in the yes, mirror. Yes, I do. A, l- a lot of affirmation. <laughs> I love Insecure. Let's
0: speak that into existence. <laughs> Let's make it Let's happen. Let's
1: make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm curious, in the last couple months especially, it's obviously been an incredibly weird season. Well, let's start there. Like, what's this season been like with COVID restrictions and protocols and all that?
0: It's been incredibly – I mean, it's just been different. It was, you know, staying at home for those few months during the summer when we're used to being in the full swing of season, and oftentimes a schedule will have 10 to 12 events in a row at that point. Uh, to then be home, I mean, to adjust to, you know – Practicing all the time, having access to lessons with your coach, but trying to figure out a way to keep yourself motivated uh, while we were stagnant. I mean, that took some adjustments, and then we were we were finally able to get back on the road. Um, you know, not having any fans, not doing the proams every week. It's you know, the first couple of events, it felt weird to me, um, you know, and kind of lonely out there. No, you know, no kids coming up to you before or after the round and, and asking for autographed hats and balls. And, you know, you're playing competitors. You hit a great putt. You hit a great approach shot of someone in the group that you're playing with. And then there's no clap, you know, there's just <laughs> silence. So I feel like we've kind of, you know, become each other's cheerleaders <laughs> to acknowledge those good shots that we're hitting on the course. Um, and then there's, uh, when we play community golf courses, there's uh, every few holes you'll have a uh, group of a family or so or a group of friends gathering in the backyard and cheering us on and, and I think you kind of see us all interact with them you know waving like hey thanks People. for coming out to watch <laughs> um, but it's just it's been it's been quite an adjustment but I, I appreciate everything the tour and the sponsors have done to figure out a way to get us back competing and we're just happy for the opportunity to continue to uh, practice our skill hone our games and, and, and earn um, our living and And so I think there was a period of time where we were all a bit, you know, nervous about what this might mean for us as competitive athletes. And so to see everybody come together and make this happen for us this season has been incredible.
1: Yeah. So, you know, on top of COVID and getting used to a brand new normal when it comes to your competitions, there's also been... Um, the heightened race conversations in our country, civil unrest across the country. And I wonder if you felt added pressure to be a voice to speak up about social issues. You're in your 20s, you're obviously quite young, but because mm-hmm. of the fact that you're the only full-time uh, status black player on the LPGA, do you feel like it's on your shoulders to speak out on stuff like that?
0: You know, you know, being the only uh, full-time black player on tour right now, I wouldn't say that I, I necessarily feel like it's on my shoulders to speak about, um, but I think, you know, drawing back on on the affirmation we talked about earlier that my parents had me say, um, you know, in that affirmation, it, it was always acknowledging uh, me being a black woman in America and and that informing my experience. And so I think that it's something that I have always acknowledged and it's something that my parents wanted me to acknowledge and be confident in. And so I think given, you know, the conversation about racism in America and everything that's taking place right now, I was very comfortable speaking to that and speaking to my experiences and and making it personal. So I, um, you know, the, the, you know, Interviews and stuff that, that were requested of me, I, I was more than willing to participate in and, and offer my perspective. Um, golf's a unique sport. I think it's, it's one of the uh, ones still left that has a lot of room for growth and just getting, um, you know, a lot more um, people interested in the game and, and feeling welcome. So I'm happy to lend that voice and talk about everything that golf has meant to me in the hopes that we will continue to see a push for greater diversity in this game.
1: Yeah. Are there ways that you've noticed that the golf space or industry isn't yet designed for black women or at least could be improved to feel more inclusive?
0: Um, you know, I think its I think it boils down to it's not that it's, you know... I think it would take somebody who has studied it to kind of speak to whether or not the design is welcoming. But, you know, we touched on it a little earlier, and I think a big part of it is is simply representation um, and seeing more of us out there on the golf course um, and, and having that feel, um, you know, that in itself will make it a more welcoming sport. And then I think um, looking at the communities that we play in, are, are there enough public courses available um, in you know, predominantly black communities for people to have access to? And so I think those are the, the questions that we can start asking ourselves and, and figuring out how to make the game more accessible for everyone
1: yeah absolutely. And speaking of that, obviously, you are one of those um, you know figures that stands out that other people can see and aspire to be. like do you have any advice for someone either trying to make it in golf or just anywhere in any space or industry that doesn't have a lot of folks that look like them?
0: right um, you know I think for me it's it's my passion and love for the game that has always guided me, and I think that as I've grown older. I now realize um, that there's, there's a lot more that I want to accomplish, you know, in the sport personally, but I've been able to see just simply the impact that me being out here has had on um, a lot of younger black boys and girls who are interested in the game and, and come out to watch me play and tell me directly what it means to see me there. And so I think there's an opportunity uh, for impact, and, and I'm more than willing to embrace that um, to continue, um, you know, whether that be through, you know, social media or personal interactions to show, um, you know, how much I love traveling and being a professional golfer and hopefully uh, encouraging, you know, other young boys and girls to, to aspire to that, little black boys and girls to see themselves um, also working to, to get to the professional Level or just play, you know, university golf as well. I think there's a lot of a lot of different places that golf can take you um, if you believe that it's for you. And so um, I definitely willingly um, receive and engage with with that role and the potential that it has.
1: Yeah, and I think what you said first is so simple, but true. You, you just love it so much. And if you love something enough and you're willing to put in the effort, it doesn't really matter whether there are people there that, that look like you or have the same background or experience. Um, the key is, is that if you feel like you belong and, and you're passionate about it, to keep pursuing it. Um, and that's, uh, that's how a lot of the firsts get, get to where they are and then, and then open up the door for the people behind them. Uh, well, good luck Indeed. this weekend. Good luck at the panel. And thanks so much for giving us some time, Mariah.
0: Absolutely. Thank you, Sarah. I enjoyed it.
1: That was great. Looking forward to seeing Mariah play this weekend. Uh, And thanks for listening to the Spain and Fitz pod. Hopefully more good stuff coming your way soon.
0: Thanks for listening to the Spain and Fitz podcast. You can listen to the show weeknights at 7 Eastern on ESPN radio and on the ESPN app.